Hello, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of January 27, 2014. This is episode number 219, and this is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, for the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. With me today in studio are Jackie Olson, account manager with Interval, and Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. I know we talk about the weather all the time, but seriously, being insane. It's a bizarre year. It has been a ridiculously cold year. Yeah. So, and today is like <coughs> really cold. Schools closed again because it's so cold here. I hear they have to now add days on to the end of the school year for kids. That's got to be a buzzkill. I think they have an allotment of two. Most districts can close twice. And if they go more than twice, then they have to add. So, we're up to like three. Three. Yeah. And we haven't, I mean, it's supposed to be just as bad Monday. And then, we haven't even hit any like significant snowstorms that could cripple the city. Yeah. So there you go. May can come <laughs> soon enough. That's all I have to That's say. That's right. Well, June in this neck of the woods. Yeah. We had snow July. last May, if you remember. <laughs> yeah. The beginning of May, we had a snowstorm. Oh, that's so uplifting. Yay. <laughs> Which is really even sadder that I was in San Diego earlier this week. Oh, that's where right. It was so beautiful. It never gets crappy in San Diego, isn't that kind I don't of the. Think it ever gets crappy. The deal. I think it might get warm in the summer, but not like unbearably warm even. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Humid, awesome. probably. But I was surprised. Well, good the, for you. I was surprised <laughs> at the chilliness of San Francisco the first time I had been there. San Francisco? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It can get pretty chilly. But it was very nice. I was there for the HFMA conference. Oh, speaking. good um, for you. That's my favorite. <laughs> what is that from? Never. So that is Christian Bale and his rant. <laughs> Oh, that's what I was actually it's thinking. It's like a lighting when... guy or right, something, isn't it? Yeah, like some lighting guy on the set of the second Batman. No, no, no. Terminator. Whatever yeah. Terminator movie uh, he was in. Terminator 3 or something like yeah, that. I don't know. Four, but maybe? that soundbite, one of my favorite radio stations plays it all the time. <laughs> and I think it's perfect. So I was in San Diego this oh, week. Oh, good for you. <laughs> if you've never heard that rant, I'll, we'll post this. It's, that's just the like the... Three second, but the whole rant is pretty funny. So anyway, getting back on track, um, I was speaking at HFMA, which I believe is Health Finance, Healthcare or Health Finance Management Association. Okay, and it was the Western region, so that's from <clears throat> I think New Mexico all the way up the West Coast through Alaska, uh, and it's their annual symposium. So there was I don't know, I think he said. 500 people. There was a lot of people there. Oh, wow. Uh, at my presentation, which was at the end of the first day, I keynoted the end of the first day. It was probably half that, which is understandable because you get a bunch of financial legal people and here's the market are rolling in. But um, <laughs> they were actually great, you know, and, and I give the, the Joe public presentation all the time. But when I speak to non marketers, I have to twist it a little bit mm-hmm. because you can't assume that these folks know or care about a lot of the things that we talk about in Joe Public. Right, right. So I kind of turned it into, you know, for um, trying to t- trying to break the status quo in four significant ways that these folks would understand, like stop with the mass advertising and mm-hmm. Joe Public doesn't care, that kind of thing. Um, and it was really interesting because as I was trying to describe to them the concept of Joe Public doesn't care and why – that's the case. And the problem with all these promotional ads, it literally just hit me. Like I'm like walking through the aisle, like among these 200 people. 
And I'm like, you know what these ads are? These are selfies. That's what they are. They're like giant billboard size selfies. <laughs> and I don't know that I've never heard that before. I'm sure like we know there's no original ideas in the world anymore. So I'm sure if you Googled that, somebody somewhere has already talked about it. But it was new to me. And they all laughed and smiled and seemed to get it. So mm-hmm. I wrote a blog blog post on that, just trying to explain a little bit more. And um, you know, it's the same song we've been singing for years and years. It's just kind of a new mm-hmm. it was a new cover of it. Right. A new way to to put no, it out like there. It. Yeah, and, and the the way I, I talked about it in the blog post, you can we'll post a link is selfies aren't bad. I mean, I take great pride in being able to take a selfie from in like nineteen ninety before <laughs> smartphones. Because my, my arms are so long that I could literally <laughs> it worked for you? Ho- hold it out and get like two or three other people in there. <laughs> and we used to do that at weddings all the time. Because oh, back sure. in the day, they'd put disposable cameras and you're supposed oh, to my gosh, take yeah. pictures of the events. And we'd always put like a cheesy shot of ourselves in there so they could find that later. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with the selfie by itself mm-hmm. or a few selfies. But I think where people get weirded out is where that's like the dominant form of communication Right. Which is the stereotype of, if not millennials, teenagers right now mm-hmm. on things like Instagram and Snapchat and all that, and it amplifies this whole the whole notion of narcissism, and that's what really drives social media. It's like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, and it's right. not, and it's look not me, even somebody yeah, else taking times. the picture. It's me taking my own picture of me. Look at me, right? Look at what I'm right. doing, I'm awesome. and and I and I, I I have a I don't know. I go both ways on that because I, I think like. What, some of the things I've read mm-hmm. are like this, the the selfie and the and the smartphone with the two cameras that enables it so easily. That's what makes it right. so big now because you can you can <clears throat> see yourself before you take the picture, mm-hmm. which we couldn't do back with the disposable cameras. That just fits right in the wheelhouse, particularly of preteen and teenage girls, of oh my gosh, yeah. really you know concern about their self image and uh, so I don't know that it's like some big giant thing that means something um but i think if you if that's all you have that's all you do is take selfies that's a problem and that's yeah. why i say like that kind of is where we're at with hospital advertising is mm-hmm. we're dominated by selfies you know look at us we're awesome we're great in fact right. literally we could probably come up with ads that looked like selfies i mean i could think <laughs> some in my mind that looked like the hospital like held a camera up to its <sighs> its staff or its people or its awards or whatever <laughs> And clicked on it and just like, let's put that out there. It's us. Aren't we awesome? I feel a weekly probe. Uh, well, that is ripe for something weekly probe-ish, I think. Yeah. How so? Yeah, just the whole playing up selfies somehow in a funny yeah. way. Yeah. Hospital takes, I don't know. Selfie I've used other self. metaphors. <laughs> well, and I also put in the blog post, I don't know whether this is a metaphor or analogy or simile or what, but... Somebody's tried to explain that to me within the last few weeks, and I don't really get the difference. So anyway, it's a fun blog post. It's a short one, but it got a lot of traction on Twitter, so check her out. Let's move to a another topic that was something that, I don't know who posted, Adam, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from Mashable. We'll provide a link. Actually, as, I did, but it's okay. As we always do. Oh, I'm sorry. Jackie would like credit for that. Credit where credit is due, I feel like I've seen this before, though, recently, a, a survey about this. Maybe it was last year. Oh, or... look, there's Chris Bolo right in my business. You've got that? Hello. Yeah. What's funny is, what's funny is, I'm looking I've at got the, computer. the bugshot of Justin Bieber. <laughs> so what Jackie's talking about Oh, yeah, is I've got it here, too. You're, we were, you're, we, you're also we in my used, business. We used search engine marketing and retargeting to promote our Joe Public Retreat, which we didn't even talk about at the top of the podcast, but... 
registration is pretty much closed by the time you listen to this anyway. Um, and we've been getting messages or screenshots from people really all over the country where the ad that, tip, that basically says, in most cases, join Chris Bevelo at this retreat shows up in just the weirdest places. Right. So like we had a client, you know, send me a screenshot where it showed up like she was searching for enchilada recipes and it showed up there. And, <laughs> and some of the folks don't understand why it's showing up. Mm-hmm. I think some get what retargeting is. Again, we talked about this last podcast. Um, if you've come to the Joe public site, uh, then you've got a cookie and mm-hmm. you're going to get ads that follow you. And that's what's happening to Jackie right now. But it does raise an issue that we didn't talk about. So I'm completely going off what we were just going to talk about. That if you don't know about retargeting, does is there a negative brand impact of that, right? So my name is popping up in just completely odd places. Right? And if you yeah. don't understand how this all works, you might be just like, what the hell is that? You don't know what you're doing. Why would you... Why would you advertise on an enchilada recipe page or in, or a, in a news article about murder or about or Justin Bieber's yeah. mugshot or whatever? <laughs> so, so that's an interesting, um, that's an interesting thing to think about. And when you're buying, yeah. you know, when you do the kind of the the wholesale approach and you're just buying up the, you know, and it, and it makes sense on many levels to do it, but you're kind of buying up the unused space for a good price and using it in some cases. Um, you know, you're going to end up in places that are unused well but this is yeah this is yeah and this is totally retargeting and i think it's it's a little different because um Mm -hmm. you know if you're searching like we talked about before you're wanting to go on vacation you're looking at resorts and you go to an enchilada recipe page or you go to a news story page and there's a an ad for hilton you might not even right make that connection yeah that's true but you see uh, an ad for Chris Bevelo, and you're like, "What the hell?" I mean, it just jumps right at you because we're, you know, right. obviously not Hilton or any huge company. So, um, as Jackie said, it grabs your attention, mm-hmm. but there is a, you know, definitely a conversation to be had about whether the net of that is negative or positive. Because do people get what's going on? Do they feel like, oh, you're really trying to go after me? It's so obvious. That's true too. And yeah. are turned off. And I think it could be a, an entirely. We could be singing a different song here if if that if we if the wording that was used was different. Like if Joe Public Retreat was the big word, um, and it wasn't Maybe. necessarily tied directly to your name, it mm-hmm. might feel totally different. It might not jump out as quickly to people you know who know you. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking of all the things we were just ripping on selfies for. And there's a big giant fat ad with my name in it. <laughs> the one on Mashable is not. That's basically the what selfie just, ad. It's what it is. It's a selfie. ad. The one on Mashable is okay though, because I mean, at least it, it blends in properly. It's not like this weirdly formatted thing. I'll take a screenshot so you can see it after. But oh, there's Jackie's computer. Oh yeah, yeah, it's up on mine too. I see it. Oh yeah, I see it. I got it too. Yeah, see, that's fine. I mean, that the formatting of that is fine. Ads by Google on there is totally obvious. Yeah, it's just some of the the way that some. People have chosen to alter the CSS to style that ad. It really makes it, it yeah. bizarre. It, it blows it, up. It's intrusive. It's yeah, ugly. The, the title of the ad is like as big, if not bigger, than the title right. of the story you're reading. It's like, what? What? Uh, what? All right. So let's get back to what we were originally okay. talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, consumers still trust traditional media ads more than online ads. And this is... Um, okay, so first of all, again, giant, huge grain of salt. This is a survey <laughs> that was done of consumers, a Nielsen survey. And they ask, you know, how much do you trust? And then they listed a bunch of different media advertising channels. 
And what the surveys showed was that basically all the traditional channels were more trusted than all of the new digital search-based channels. Mm -hmm. So if you go in an order from most trusted newspaper ads, then magazine ads, then TV ads, and radio ads, and billboards, those were all at the top. And then beneath those are search advertising, online video ads, social media ads, mobile display ads, and online banner ads. So literally it's like there's not even any intermixing. Right, right. And you know, there's a couple ways to think about this. Adam, I think you responded first to this. Um that that you felt like, yeah, that's that's how I feel too. Yeah, but it's not it's not about for me it's not about brand trust and I just I would like to know what the wording was of these uh, of the questions that led to these results because to me it makes sense that this is this is this would be the end result. Um assuming it's worded the way I think it probably was worded Mm -hmm. um, in that there's everything. I I think there's an inherent mistrust of like almost of of many things on the internet. Uh, There's so many, you know, there's these phishing scams that come to your inbox. There are ads on Yahoo recently that installed malware on like almost every computer in Europe. Um, that's in a little bit of an exaggeration, but it was extreme. Uh, there's just, you know, people, you're not supposed to click links in email. You know, you get people's Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts get hacked and there's links you're not supposed to click on. I think there's just an inherent mistrust of things of like advertising and funky messages online that, that you have to click on to take action <clears throat> versus traditional advertising where you're just seeing something. And, you know, if you're going to take action, it's a, it's, it's you know, you're choosing to do so and you, you know, there's, there's no real question about whether or not it's going to be safe. You know, you're in control, you know, what's going to happen when you take action. I mean, you might not know what the person who on on the phone is going to say when you call or whatever the call to action might be. Um, So I think that there's just, there's trust there because you're in control. Whereas on the internet, if you want to take action on an advertisement, you feel like you don't really, you don't, you lose control. You're giving that control to someone else by clicking that. Cause now it's like, well, what is going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, I assume I'm going to go to target.com or Amazon, but I don't know. I don't know what's happening in between. Cause I, you know, you watch the URL bar, you see that URL is changing like three or four times, right, you know, right. as you're getting redirected through the, right. through the interwebs. So, you know, I just, I think that that creates mistrust and mm-hmm. you know that people are tracking, you know, you know, there's retargeting. It's just, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know. So for me, that's, that's where the mistrust comes in. So this to me seems like a very logical outcome for such a survey. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it is regardless of brand. I mean, even if it's a respected brand online, I'm still much more deterred from clicking on it. Like, especially in Facebook, they're actually pretty good about targeting me with stuff yeah, I would actually yeah, want to click on within my feed. Mm-hmm. Like, especially there's this place that I constantly buy Groupons for <laughs> and it'll pop up in my feed and I might go to Groupon and go and purchase it, but I'm not going to click, click on, on it, it within yeah. Facebook. So it's just, it's just something I avoid <clears throat> like the plague. So see, and I, I guess I'm not that far gone, <laughs> but I, I, I totally am with you guys on this. Um, I think the, the challenge with this is I just, I always fear things like this that are just going to be hauled out by the oh, yeah, totally. freaking old school yeah. club and say, see, this is, you still, I, I think first of all, the trust question here could be taken any number of ways. Right. Like what you're talking about, Adam is you don't know what's going to happen next. And right. not only that, there's a risk. There's not a risk in typically in, in calling it though. There, there is a little bit of risk in calling, you know, for a sale because, you know, if you've got a unseedy person that, 
knows that if you just say yes on the phone, that that counts as a sale. Right. But you're again, you're controlling that call. You're calling. They're not calling you. Right. right. Um, if that's the case, that's totally different. Oh hi. <laughs> um, sorry, that was my alarm. So, so trust to me there is more about am, am I got is something going to happen to my computer? Am I going to get right malware? Am I going to get a virus? All that kind of stuff. And I think that's very fair. Um, it doesn't mean though that traditional advertising is more effective, and that's where I right. Right, I'm I totally fearful. Agree with that. I I do think it's got a potential. Yeah. To really pull down online advertising and search advertising, I mean, I I don't feel that way at all with Google. I don't I don't ever go to Google or Facebook and worry that I'm going to click on one of the links and it's going to be bad, you know. Especially if it's a link for a brand that I recognize, I'm just not worried about those venues. Um, if I I don't know, I get more worried in email, frankly. Oh, totally. I do not click links out of email because you never know. I did one time. I just was not even really thinking, and I got something from eBay, and I like. And I'm the last person that should fall for a phishing scam. But I got, no, it wasn't eBay. It was PayPal. And they said, you need to update your account or something. Right. So I click the thing and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever, do it real quick. And then I'm halfway through entering my information, like right when I hit the button, I'm like, oh my, what the hell did I just do? Holy cow, you're a 78 year old man all yeah. of a sudden. Well, I immediately, <laughs> this was a few years ago, I immediately went to, went to paypal.com, logged in, and changed my password yeah. immediately. Um, so I mean, nothing ever happened, but I was like, how the hell did I just fall for that? Because I am I'm like the last person right. who should fall for that or who would with how freaking anal I am about being Security, careful about yeah. that kind of stuff. But the email looked so authentic. And so, I mean, it was completely a hundred percent designed perfectly. I mean, they probably took a, a an email or from, they probably took a template from a PayPal email and just, you know, mm-hmm. tweaked some words and sent it out as their own. Well, that, that's exactly what happened this week when, you know, Target, who's been going yep, through yep. hell. Oh, yeah, I saw that too. And I have a Target card that I use all the time there. So I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop, and I don't know how it's going to drop. And now they've announced that people got all of your – they got information they can get almost anywhere anyway. So I'm like, okay, so they got my name and address, which you right. get for free. Right. Anyway, but um, they sent an email out. So this is after news came out that 70 million people had this personal information and so they sent an email out saying, this is what happened. We're now offering free credit monitoring for a year. <laughs> Here's a link. Go to this. Right. And I'm like, I'm not clicking how the hell you do like, I know yeah. this is you? <laughs> yeah. You can't even secure my data. How do I know that somebody right. Hasn't, right. hasn't, you know, they don't even have to be able to hack into Target to be able to send that to me. That's such a good point, um, yeah. So I didn't click on it. And then the next day in the Star Tribune, our main news source here Mm -hmm. there's a story about people freaked out by the email not wanting to click on it yeah well the very first email target sent out about this had an unclickable link in it and i saw people on twitter being like uh, you know thanks for the thing you could at least have made it a link and i was and i was and my response to some of those were like you know it's they probably don't want people to think it's a phishing scam unclickable link is it, oh, you, I just, see. you just see the URL. Okay. You know, it's, I shouldn't say it's an unclickable link. It's just a URL. Right. Um, so I was like, they probably don't want people to think it's a phishing scam. And then those, those people are like, oh, yeah, I guess that could be. They um, could announce that. They could put that in there and say, we're right. Note. Go to Target. They could say, go to Target.com and click the big obvious link that we've put on there for right. you. And that will take you to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway. I do think that there's a risk that this continues to deteriorate. And, you know, if, 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 if like you and me, Adam, don't ever click on anything coming out of an email from a company, um, even companies we trust, yeah. then how long is it till 
I'm in that boat online too. And yeah. and a lot of the things we advocate for become yeah. really well, and there's less a, effective. There's a difference between what I'll click on too. I mean, I'll click on a link if I know, you know, if it's, you know, if it's from like, if it's like an Amazon thing that came in and they're promoting some products, I'll click those. I mean, I, what, even if it's somebody trying, you know, if, even if it was fake, you know, they're not, they're not telling me to go log in somewhere and change my information. They're just saying, come look at yeah, this. But can't they plant TV. something? I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like if you click on the wrong link, like in Twitter, you click on a link and all of a sudden you've been, no, you've you, been hacked, you typically you've been have virused. to do something on that next page. It's very, it's typically like, like flat, like links within flash, that kind of thing. Those can, those can take extra steps to do something without your knowledge kind of Twitter links. I mean, isn't um, that what happens with Twitter? Mac, uh-uh. I mean, t- t- typically you have to do something. Once you've clicked that link, you have to like grant the page acts, you know, some kind of permission to do something. Mm-hmm. If it's going to do something malicious, especially if you're on a Mac, um, I know there's more vulnerabilities on a PC. Um, so, I mean, that's also one extra safeguard is to be on a, not on a, the, the most popular platform. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll click, I still, I click ads, I click links still. It's just, you know, you really got to be smart to not click on the ones that could be dangerous. And those right. are the ones that, you know, even if they legitimately are from Target or are from PayPal, do not click on it. Just go log in like you would normally and do what you're, whatever you need to do. Well, it's kind of weird because I feel like I'm just now spitting in the face of retargeting. But I think the reason I don't click on a lot of ads is because I don't want to be followed. Like by, even in Google, like the But you know, it's not just clicking on the ads that gets you followed. It's about True. Look, looking yeah, at exactly. But yeah. it, I mean, Going to a website will do it. Right. But just, it's like, it's enabling that more, I feel like, can't. by actually... Demonstrating interest in something. By dem- yeah, and then you know, and then you can even see that you're part of like some campaign up in the URL. I mean, they, you know, they're trying. It's just for some reason, like sometimes that just bugs me, and I don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know if that necessarily speaks to trust or not, but it's sure. just something it, it I is, avoid. It is funky. I mean, yeah, I certainly. I'm, I use Amazon all the time, and it's it is it kind of catches you catches you in a weird way when you all of a sudden you see yeah. you know the shoes you were looking at or you know plastered all Christ over the page freaking 48 point yeah. <laughs> well and like traditional ads just aren't all up in your business like you know this is i mean you have a little more of an opportunity to not engage with those ads you know whereas this is it's kind of everywhere so well and it's also i mean I don't know how often you go to the Joe Public Retreat website. Probably pretty often. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So that's probably why you're seeing them so many <laughs> times. Well, I mean, every time you go there, it might re- right. reissue it. Yeah. You that's know, I don't I'm... think you'd see it more than two or three times if you went once. Right. Which is, yeah, I've been getting that ad a lot. So. Well, we should confirm that with our our internet advertising team. Yeah, I see that thing all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So I think we have time for one more. We're not going to be able to cover it in depth, but there's a great story uh, in UX Magazine, which stands for or represents user experience. Correct. Uh, titled, Goodbye to Eight Design Elements Whose Time Has Come. Um, why don't we just do this? Adam, why don't you pick one? Jackie, I don't know if you have one. I'm going to pick one of the eight here that we wholeheartedly agree with. We go right on. Get rid of that. See you later. Yeah, sure. I, I would say before I pick just the one, I would say I agree with all of them. Um, yeah, for the most part, some of them are a little bit kind of they they are kind of shallow. Like you got to, to go deeper to really understand. Um, but I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna go just with the first one because this is something that we talk to clients a lot about when we're talking about responsive design, uh, and that's the drop down menu. Uh, the drop down menu can only exist when you've got a cursor on the screen that you can hover over something. 
Um, obviously, you know, if you've ever used a website on your iPhone or iPad that has drop down menus, um, the, you know, mobile Safari is smart enough to know that your first tap on it will show you the drop down right. menu. Um, but it's not, it's not ideal design. It's not a good user experience, right. um, for a mobile device. Uh, so the drop down menu is going to probably go the way of the Dodo here pretty soon in that <laughs> it's just, nobody's, it, it's going to, you're not going to see it in a lot of designs. You may still see it in desktop versions of sites, um, within a responsive framework, but you're not going, I think even there, people are going to get away from it because, you know, it's, it's, it's when you're, when you're working with a responsive design, it's nice to not have to dramatically shift the way navigation works. Um, if you can help it from, you know, one format to the other, Mm -hmm. uh, obviously once you get down to mobile and stuff, you have to make some decisions as far as how you tuck those menus away or where you reposition them or whatever. Um, but I think we're seeing more and more people trying to rely less on, the funkiness that has always been drop-down menus um, right, and right. just rethinking because the drop-down menu has always been a way to just kind of be stupid and lazy about you. I shouldn't say stupid. It's a way to be lazy about thinking through your site navigation and architecture. It's like, let's just make that a drop you know, drop down menu. And then each one of those, each one of those menu items has another oh, fly terrible. out menu to the right. And then <laughs> there's nothing have worse than that. Menu. You're like dragging a string across this, yeah. you know, exactly. You have yep, to cut the yep. corner at 90 degrees. If you go down, <laughs> yeah. you lose it. You lose it. Totally. You got to start over again. Yeah. About. So drop down menus are going away. So as you're thinking about uh, redoing your site, you know, in the coming months, years, whatever, uh, keep that in mind. Stop thinking about, purely desktop conventions in terms of how your navigation works uh, and in as far as how your whole site experience works. Um, you know, you should be, you know, in many cases thinking mobile first. Um, mm-hmm. So that's my number one, the drop down menu. Okay. Jackie, do you have one on here? Sure. I was just paging through the list and there are obviously a few I agree with too, but I'm just going to go with flash just because oh, yeah. even though I don't see it too I'm much anymore it's even on there. I know because it's it seems to be archaic already a little yeah. bit, but it is one of those things that just seems like you're a complete rube for even trying to use it on your website anymore. And it's just frustrating when you get to those oh, sites God. that still use yeah. it, and there's that little like broken puzzle piece <laughs> for where Flash <laughs> is supposed to be. So it's it'll, that's fine. it it has its place still. I mean, there's there's you know as kind of a fallback video player, um, sure. but then you don't even realize <laughs> that that's really what's what's being used. Um, and, and actually there's a number of, of cartoons that are done using flash. I believe Ren and Stimpy is done in flash. Is that right? Yeah. There's a number of other ones. So I think that it's still got some really cool uses even off of the, off of the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. so I hope, I hope it doesn't die because it's actually a pretty cool animation platform. Sure. Um, but yeah, it needs to go away in terms of being something that people make like navigation and primary (laughs) UI components out of. Stop it. (laughs) All right, Chris. Okay, mine is um, the M sites, which is That's M sites one. means if you look at the URL, it's got starting an M. That means you've been you've been taken from whatever site you want to go to to a mobile version of the site, which usually means it's dumbed down, shrunk content, um, limited content. Mm-hmm. It basically means you don't have a responsive site, mm-hmm. and you've had to create a duplicate site that fits on the particular screen. Um, that I'm looking on, which probably doesn't fit then on other screens or fits weirdly uh, because it's not it's not responsive to whatever screen. It's designed intentionally uh, as an M site. So that to me is, I mean, I understand why people had to do it because responsive design wasn't around uh, and it was better than nothing at the time, but it's now it's not better. And it causes so many problems for the organization 
in having to, to update content in different ways. Uh, it it yeah. ruins the experience typically uh, because you're not providing the same content or the same experience. Uh, in some ways, you can't always provide the same experience on a smaller screen, but uh, that's what that's my bigger one. It's it's funny because my husband used to kind of be a hater of mobile sites, and when he was hating on them, he was referring to these sites that were, you know, obviously more truncated in content than the full one, and he would always feel like he wanted to go to the full site, mm-hmm. you know, and so he's like, what's the point? You know, now with responsive design, it's totally not the case yeah. anymore, but yeah. Yeah. You know, it's I think- still the case. <clears throat> well, it's it is just, still the yeah, case, yeah. but... But it's moving away, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think as we move into the an era of responsive... Responsive design, you know, people are going to, you're not going to be scrambling to find that link that shows you the uh, the full version of the site because the mm-hmm. experience being tailored to your phone or to your tablet is right. is ideal, is perfect, is what you want for that for that screen. You know, I think there will still be instances when a separate site is the right solution, but they're going to be few and far between. We got to wrap up because I'm going to get a parking ticket. Oh. All right, we don't want that. We don't. So, for the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Ambassadors podcast, it's Chris Bevelo, Jackie Olson, and Adam Meyer. Take pity on me, neither of me. <laughs> Thanks they're, for joining they're us. They're frozen, anyways. Bye.